This series of Rain is celebrating one of my obsessions, women's sport. The series is empowered by Nike, whose ambition, just like Rain, is to be the biggest champion for women and girls and ensure they feel seen and included. And that means all women. Nike celebrates all bodies, all journeys, and all forms of movement, and we love to see it. Nike is totally committed to that investment, supporting her journey, taking action to make meaningful change and coming through with innovative style-led products. I'm sure you've already seen the game-changing new England's women's football kit, which includes the new leak protection technology embedded in the lining of the Nike Pro short for athletes. Nike leak protection period is available as a separate product for everyone, and the ultra-thin absorbent liner is designed to give people who menstruate an added layer of confidence through movement, whether that's football, athletics, dance, weightlifting, yoga, or even a quick dash to the shop, babes. That's not all. Nike have launched the Phantom Luna, a women-led football boot, backed by Nike's most meaningful investment in women yet. That they've taken more than two years of research, trialing, designing, and styling to develop. And we haven't even gone on to the bras, leggings, pro hijabs, and their maternity and plus size ranges. So make sure you check out the latest innovation for her product at Nike.com. Hey, I'm Josh Smith, and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about empowerment and open conversations with incredible guests. So let's get straight into it. I can barely do a handstand, let alone a forward roll, but today we're joined by a set of gymnastic twins who can definitely teach me a thing or two about flexibility. It's Jessica and Jennifer Gallarova. The pair flipped and flew into Olympic history books at 16 when as part of the Team GB gymnastics team, they took bronze at the Tokyo Games. It was the first medal in the event for Team GB in 95 years, and they haven't stopped making history since. Now at 19, the twins have a glittering collection of medals between them, including a host of world and European championship titles and medals. I know what you're thinking, how on earth do a set of twins both become top gymnasts? We get into that today as we talk about the mental resilience, the eye-opening hours, and the sheer physicality it takes to become record breakers. I love what they both say about making failure part of their process, so I really hope their words help reframe your mindset when you need it. So get your Diamante One Pieces at the ready, let's take to the floor. Jennifer and Jessica, how are you? We're great, thank you. <laughs> how are you? I'm so good. I've literally been watching um, all of your gymnastic videos on loop in preparation for this. But you guys have already taken the gymnastics world by absolute storm. And before we go on to your incredible achievements, I think let's go back to the beginning of your sporting journeys because... I can barely even do a forward roll without freaking out that I'm going to break my neck. So how on earth did you guys discover that you're so good at flipping, tumbling, and flying around on gymnastics equipment? I think it all started around when we were like six years old. Our parents put us in a few sports and gymnastics was one of them. And I think since then it's just clicked with us and just been doing it ever since and enjoyed it. Yeah. What were kind of like your earliest memories of gymnastics? Well, like the first like memory had was 
like in our first Jurassic Club we went to they hosted a like a club competition and we took part in it and we just enjoyed ourselves and I remember because there's loads of pictures we were in like similar categories and I managed to take second place and Jess and um, I remember coming second to last so the journey's not always been perfect from the start but Regardless, we just enjoyed the competition. It was our first ever club competition and competition anyway. So we just really took in the moment and just enjoyed it. Yeah. Were you also, when you got home after those competitions, were you practicing on like the sofa and stuff? Were you always like climbing on all the furniture as kids and performing your gymnastics routines? Yeah, I think at home we were, we got a trampoline in the garden. So we were doing so many flips all the time and a big on the weekends or school holidays we would always just be out on the trampoline just flipping all the time and I think sometimes we'll do it at home but our mum would just be like stop doing gymnastics in the house you're gonna break everything so that's she was like leave it all into the gymnastics and that's why they got the trampoline so not indoors we'll do outdoors (laughs) (laughs) you two must have been an absolute handful like every time they turn they're like please just get down yeah I think the reason why I put into gymnastics is because we were just always climbing on the furniture, getting over the gate. So it's like, right, we need to put that energy somewhere else. And that's where the gymnastics is coming from. And I mean, you have definitely put your energy well and truly into gymnastics. When you think back to what grassroots gymnastics looked like for you, what was it like? I think for us, we just really loved the sport and enjoyed doing it. And it was a hobby and... We didn't really have like too many goals or ambitions for it. We just loved coming in every day, seeing our friends, being with the coaches. And it was a place where we could just be us and just climb on everything, could just enjoy being there. So we loved gymnastics so much and that's why we've been doing it for so long and having each other along the journey just definitely helped. Mm. And was there a moment where you both looked at each other and you thought, oh my God, we're going to go for this. We're going to go for those medals. What was the moments when you were like, we're going to become professionals at this? Um, well, like when people are younger, they discover it when they're quite young and or as soon as they start the sport, like, yes, we want to get into this. But for us, we were quite late. Um, I think the like first time we actually realised, okay, we could actually be good at gymnastics and we can make these big competitions was when we were second year juniors which is around 14 15 and normally at that stage like people drop out of the sport and they lose the love of it and we just like our eyes opened and we realized wow we actually made the gb squad we're making these teams and even like it's it definitely hit us just before covid because we were like first year seniors we actually made the senior squad and we're like, okay, we actually have potential of making the Olympics and sadly COVID hit us. But because we had that realisation, it was like, right, let's use this time to get the best we can be, the fittest, the strongest. So when we get back into the gym, we can do all the skills we need to and actually reach that goal of making the Olympics. Why do you think so many people drop out of gymnastics in their teenage years? I think around that time... They, they're still trying to find who they are and I think it's quite hard for them to 
not have a social life so like they want to go see their friends or go out on the weekends and it's really to have that dedication and sacrifice to not see your friends or have a social life and dedicate all your time being in the gym and I also think it's like um, growth as well because sometimes your body is changing from a young girl to a woman so sometimes their timing could be lost or um, they have to relearn things so it depends on how they just how much they love the sport and I think sometimes these obstacles can just affect it and it's really how dedicated they are and what their mindset is to, to carry on yeah it's like Jess said I think like there's three stages like becoming a woman you go from a little girl to a teenager and that stage can be quite hard because you're growing you have the growth spurt you're changing and then it's going from a teenager to wo- to a woman so there's like each stage gets tougher and tougher and I think at that age it's like you've got your GCSEs you have dedication to school and even to the age of uni so it's like being able to juggle that and luckily because we had each other in a great support system we were able to um keep up both at a high level mm. and it takes like you were saying it takes a lot of sacrifice to do that especially at that age and to be a professional athlete takes sacrifice full stop but it's been so interesting about talking to so many of the athletes on this podcast series is they never really see it as a sacrifice. They never see giving up their social life as a sacrifice. They just see it as something they have to do to be the best they can be. Do you ever feel like you're having to sacrifice being an actual teenager to do what you want to do? Or are you just like, it's absolutely fine because it's part of the process and we're just so, we're so focused on being the athletes that we want to be? To be honest, like you said, we didn't really see it as a sacrifice and... um it was an opportunity that we had, so we carried on with it. And to be honest, we didn't really know what we wanted to do in school and we had the gymnastics to fall back on. So we just carried on with it and um, it's led us to amazing and great things. Yes, people see it as a sacrifice, but we saw it as an opportunity, like Jess said. Oh my God, amazing. And it takes a whole village to raise a child, but it basically takes a whole town <laughs> to raise an athlete. There are so many people who go on that journey with you. Who do you think has really shaped you guys into the athletes you are today? For me, I feel like it's one another because we've grown into the sport together and we've always had each other to be competitive with or learn from. So I think having each other and also our coaches teaching us the ways of gymnastics and having the belief in us to carry on and um, yeah, I think it's just the whole team around us has definitely helped us, supported us and shaped us to who we are today. Yeah, I think it must be so special to go on this journey together. And it's so rare to be able to do anything with your sibling professionally. I mean, I definitely couldn't do anything with my brother professionally. We'd fall out like morning, noon and night. It would not happen. How... <laughs> Like having that bond and going into professional sport together must really empower you forward. What do you think is the secret to your success and being successful gymnasts as twins? I think it's having one another. Like you said, some sometimes having a sibling, like there is going to be like arguments and tension. But I think because we're so close being twins and 
like having a sport we love, like both love the same sport, I think it really helped us because we can support one another and push each other to be the best we can be. And I think that's really the key to why we're amazing gymnasts today and where we are today. Don't get me wrong, we do have our like arguments every so often, sometimes in the gym and outside the gym, but at the end of the day, we have each other and we do love each other so much and we just only want the best for each other and in sport as well. Yeah, what kind of causes the biggest arguments between the two of you? Oh, it's the, li- it's the little things, like yeah. how sometimes, yeah, in for the time we don't even know what we've even started the argument with, we just rattle on and say, but yeah, I think these are, even though they're annoying, they're normal and just like, siblings are just, can be the worst, but they're always there for you and uh, they'll be your ride or die, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is it also, it must also be interesting to be twins in sport and be achieving at the highest level together but is it difficult sometimes to get people to see you as individuals yeah it is definitely hard for people to see us as individuals we're known as the getaway the twins the twins like the getaways and it's not and sometimes it is jessica and jennifer but it is jessica and jennifer it's not like oh that's jessica and that's jennifer but i think because gymnastics is an individual sport it allows us to have that individuality. Sometimes it is hard because there's a, there can only be one winner and us being twins, we'll rather have it together. But again, it gives us that individuality and gives us that time to be ourselves rather than just the twins. And I feel like for us sometimes, when one achieves something, it feels like we've both achieved it because we've been on the journey together. We've seen each other through the tough times, all the sacrifices. So sometimes when one of us has the victory or the medal and we're just so proud of one another and feel like we've both achieved it. Mm, that's so special. Is it almost more nerve-wracking sometimes to watch the other compete than to do it your actual selves? Yeah, yeah. I think like, especially when it came to the team finals either the olympics worlds or europeans is definitely nerve-wracking because i am standing on the sides like watching her like cheering her on but i'm not the one doing the gymnastics for her so when there is a mistake i feel guided for her as well as she is so it's very hard but at the same time it's nice to have each other on the on the floor like helping one another and it's just nice to achieve these big things together because like we always say we've gone through this journey together so being at the end goal makes it even more special and it's hard because you can't control the person you can literally only say the cue words that they need and sometimes for us we barely watch each other sometimes yeah because we're twins and sometimes if one of us make the mistake we're a bit like oh like I might do the same thing and it seems like we've done the mistake so sometimes you can see that we don't watch each other sometimes because it's so hard because you just have that feeling where you're like oh I want to watch but it's so scary but you literally can't control what they're doing so you're literally screaming your head off saying their keywords and just be like come on you can do it <laughs> and once once we've like we were just like yeah with filled with emotions and that goes for the rest of the team as well not only just for one another like when our teammates up there we're literally 
shower in and try to get them through the routine and just helping them along the way. Yeah, and it is a team effort, but together you have to work so hard to be gymnasts and you have to basically become absolute machines, don't you? How tough is the training and how much are you training? Like walk me through what training looks like for you two. Training is definitely hard and it's gotten a little bit easier just because we've um, finished school, but like during that time of school and gymnastics, I'd say it was the toughest and yes, it's still tough now, but it's a lot easier than it was. So say a regular training day now would be start at 12, finish at nine on our double days and on our single days, it's half four till nine. So it's between eight hours or four and a half hours and in total it's around 30 hours a week. And when we do like um, like school visits to young children and tell them what our week's like, we compare it to school. We're like, so you're at school from nine till three, that's around six hours. Five times a week, so that's 30 hours. That's how long we're training. So we're at school 30 hours and we're at gymnastics for 30 hours. So it's like a 60 hour week and it really opens their eyes like, wow, that's so much gymnastics. And even to like the regular people, when we say, oh, 30 hours, it's like, wow, that's that's so much training. But that's what it takes to be where we are today. And then it's not only just the gymnastics training. We have so many components that go into our gymnastics training. And um, we have to either go into the like, then um, train SNC as well for our muscles to be strong in order to do what we're doing. So it's a mixture of just like SNC training, cardio, plus the gymnastics. So it's quite a lot, but it gets us to where we are and what we all want to achieve. Yeah. And the physicality element of gymnastics is one thing, but mental strength is so important too, because in gymnastics, no matter what apparatus you on, it's all about the fine margins and it falls on your body and your mind to execute the perfect move at the perfect time. Would you say that gymnastics is as much about mental strength as it is your physical skill set? Yeah, absolutely. We would say gymnastics is both 50-50. It can be mentally tough and physically tough. So sometimes our body's aching and we still have to carry on through the competition, but that's where our mental strength comes in. And we definitely have both sides to help. We have an SNC coach to help with our strength and conditioning, but we also have like um, psychologists to help us get through the mental side and be strong-minded and tough to get through those hard days as well. And we also have our coaches who see us every single day and just know how much we want the goal and they'll just be there to help support us and push us through the tough times and be like, I know this moment might be tough, but if just keep pushing because we, we know how close we are to the goal. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely hard keeping the balance of both physically and mentally especially when it comes to competitions. You have to be on top of your A-game. You have to give 110% each competition and that's um, one day off, one day on. And it's definitely hard to push through, but um, we're still learning to manage our mental strength. What does working with a sports psychologist look like? What do you do with a sports psychologist to improve your mental performance? Like what kind of conversations do you have? Um, it varies a lot of times. Like sometimes when 
like we're struggling in the gym or we're failing them not it kind of puts us down so it's just being able to see the positive side because in gymnastics there can be a lot of like negatives because like you're still learning the skills and most of the times you're falling off the beam falling off the bar you're not landing a scale when it's like oh I'm not getting it but then that's that's where the mental strength comes in to be able to carry on and perfect the skills so when you're in competition you don't have as many mistakes and it's just making you resilient to push through them tough times if that you're physically tired or mentally tired your your body knows what to do and it's just fighting the resistance of um being mentally drained and uh yeah, it's definitely a tough sport. Have you learned to see failure as being part of your process in a way? Yeah, definitely. Like it still like hits us being like failing as a negative, but through see the psychologists, working with our teammates, coaches, we've learned to see the positive side of it and seeing that failure is a stepping stone to success. And yeah, we're definitely improving that and if we have a mistake, we know just to put it to the side and carry on and make that a way to our success. And it's just a part of the sport. You have to make the mistakes and fail many, many times in order to achieve the skill or like to get the consistency because you're not go- you're not going to be perfect straight away. So you have to go through the tough to get the positive or get the end result. Yeah, get the glory. And is there a moment where you've really had to dig the deepest mentally, do you think? Can you think of a moment you've really dug the deepest? I think for me, it was during the World Championships in Liverpool. Um, Competition was going so great. And there, I think after the all-around final, I got um, a sore ankle, which um, how we measure like ankles, we do like a knee to wall. And I normally have quite a high one. And I think after the all-around final, I dropped to a zero. And it was very tough time to get my knee to walk back to where it needs to be. And we worked really hard with the physio and um, been with my coaches and giving me the rest that I needed in order to get to the floor final. I did have to pull out in the vault final because we didn't want to take the risk and we knew I had a very great opportunity in the floor final and um, with my coaches I just tried to be so resilient and coming back and yes it was I had to dig dig really deep and um, I'm so grateful for everyone around, around me during that tough time because we achieved such an incredible achievement and um, I wouldn't take any back any moment during that because I became world champion on that apparatus and I'm so grateful for everyone around me. Like even seeing it from a like third person, like sister perspective, seeing her like struggle and having to pull out of the vault final, like I felt it too and I felt so sorry for her because she worked so hard and and achieved an amazing all around position, like coming third. That's I think one of the best achievements anyone's had in an all around final at World Championships for Great Britain and just seeing that she had the opportunity to make a vault final but because of having one great achievement she had to drop another one but I think the decision our coaches and physios and the team around us made to drop the vault final but 
get the opportunity in the floor final, I believe, was such a great decision. And then seeing her, like, so dedicated to do all the rehab, ice her ankle, get back to full fitness before the final, and then seeing her push through the warm-up and being able to just do that fantastic floor routine, I just was inspired by her. I, I knew I knew I could fight for it. I knew I had it in me. So it was all my decision just to carry on. And um, who who's going to say no to for a little fight to be world champion? Yeah. And I guess that's where sacrifice comes in. And she had to sacrifice one final to get the best out of another final, and it definitely paid off. Yeah, and it's character building, isn't it? it you learn so much about your own personal strength in those moments. I think what's so amazing about gymnastics recently especially with Simone Biles is she's become such an amazing role model, not only for her performances, but also talking about mental health. And that must have helped so much as gymnasts, right? To have an idol like that talking so openly about that. How's that helped you guys, do you think? I think it just helped the general sport as in for gymnasts to be able to communicate better to their coaches if they have any issues or mental issues. And I know a few people who maybe have experienced what Simone Biles is. That it's important just to communicate to your coaches because they can't read minds, so they they need to be able to know what you're feeling or what struggles you're going through, so they can start the process to help you break through that barrier or challenge that you are struggling with. So I definitely feel like she's opened the gate to gymnasts being able to communicate to their coaches better. It definitely shows that even like the biggest and the best gymnasts in the world can have those struggles and it just shows other athletes and gymnasts that they're not alone and anyone can go through it and it's just having that support system around them to get through it and be able to overcome the problems. Mm. When it comes to getting yourself in that competition winning mode though, what kind of pep talks do you give yourselves before you're about to start competing? I think like in the morning, we kind of just, everyone always gets that little nervous feeling on competition day, but we just try to keep it as a normal day so our nerves don't get better of us, like the better of us during the day. So uh, we kind of just cheer, we just chat to one another and just try not to focus on the competition. But we are thinking like, let's get it today. We're just going to do the best that we can, regardless what happens. We're so proud of one another, just being here and... We're just, just going to do the best that we can just fight for that position and the goal that we want to achieve. But uh, anything can happen and we just have to forget about it and just move on. Like, one thing I want to know, though, is what on earth is actually going through your heads when you are doing those flips and you're flying through the air? Because I would literally be like, OMFG, what am I doing right now? What is going through your mind when you're flying through the air? It still baffles me that I'm able to do all these skills and like learn them because they're so quick. I can't really think too much about it because say on vault, I'm running as fast as I possibly can. And it takes, it's like a very short apparatus, like within 10 seconds, you don't have much time to think so that's why at the end you gather all your thoughts and just go for it because before you know it it's done and so it's so hard to like think but definitely for the longer apparatus during like say a floor routine it's one minute 30 seconds long and that's enough time to like 
gather your thoughts, breathe. And during that, it's definitely like focusing and be like, okay, breathe and then think of the next. And we always think one skill at a time because if we think of the end skill, like we lose our focus during what's next. So it's just taking each skill as it comes and don't stop until it's over. Yeah, and it, like, like she said, you just got to keep mm. waiting. Like, you can't just give up at the moment because who knows what's going to happen next. You know this podcast is all about bringing people together through the power of good conversation. And that's why I'm so happy to be working with Nike for this series, because one of Nike's greatest strengths is their ability to bring people together through the power of sport. As well as creating specific products for her, Nike is unlocking doors for the next generation, accelerating change in sport from grassroots level and investing in more than 135 community partners that support women and girls around the world who want to participate in sport. It's this kind of inclusion and progress that makes me so proud to be working with Nike for this special series. So I encourage you to head to at Nike Women to find out more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is it really taught you a massive life lesson in staying present? Yeah, it definitely has because um, I'm an overthinker and I tend to be like, oh, but what if this happens? What if this happens? And that's where like really helps to have the great support system being like when there's an amazing thing or a negative, it's like just be present, taking the moment and you can either learn from it or just create it as a memory like at the Olympics, winning that bronze medal, it was like taking the moment. We are six, two 16-year-olds and we've just achieved like such an amazing achievement at such a young age. And some older people find it so hard to achieve that. And we're just two young girls achieving our dreams like that. And even like in the hard days and the tough times, it's like, okay, be present. Yes, this is a hard day, but I'm getting through it. I'm still here, and let's just try again tomorrow. And I think anything is possible if you put your mind to it and work really hard and have the determination and resilience to keep working hard every single day. Yeah, 100%. And you touched on the Tokyo Olympics and what a moment that was. You were part of the team that got a bronze medal for Team GB in the women's team gymnastics, which was the first... British medal in that event in 95 years which is insane how long that's been yeah to even qualify for that team you had to come overcome so much adversity right like COVID restrictions you're finishing your GCSEs and you were even practicing in your own garage at one point to try and make that team weren't you yeah I think we just really used COVID to our advantage we did um as much gymnastics we could at home, not like breaking any rules or anything. So we tried to do as much as possible. We did lots of ballet at our house. We did lots of bike 
uh, bike rides and lots of running. So, and we also did lots of planning, like, okay, what skills do we need in order to um, be in the higher ranks of our nation and be able to be in that Olympic team and lots of planning, knowing what skills we need and what the routines, start values we need. So we definitely just use that moment just to uh, focus on, like, how we could be better as a person. And I think beforehand, we were so focused on doing our routines, doing the gymnastics and getting the skills possible. So taking that away was a really struggle, but at the same time, it was like, okay, right, there's no gymnastics, but what else can we work on? And because there's so many factors in gymnastics, it was like, okay, let's use this time to be the most flexible we can be. So when we get back in the gym, we only can focus on the skills and that's what we definitely did. It's like, okay, we can definitely be able to get stronger. We can definitely work on our flexibility, our elegance. So when we get back in the gym, it's not like we have to get back and be like, oh, we're like so unfit. We can't do the gymnastics. We're already going back in the fittest, the strongest, the most flexible. So all it takes is just to get the skills and in gymnastics, there is a lot of muscle memory, so we were able to get them skills back quickly. Mm. And then since then, you've gone on to achieve so much individually. I mean, Jessica, you touched on this already, but you became the world champion on the floor last year. And you've also got a world silver, a bronze medal in the all round, which is the first time British gymnast has ever achieved that five golds, European championships. I mean, the <laughs> when you actually list it all out, you're like, whoa. And you were made BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year as well last year. What does it take to become a world champion? Truly, what does that take? I think it takes a lot of just your time and sacrifices of just being at this gym every single day. It can be really tough just doing the same skills over and over again and just fine-tuning those little details of like a pointed foot and um, it takes a lot of determination and resilience and dedication and a lot of hard work and, but I feel like if you have a goal so strong and it it outweighs the feeling of oh I can't I feel tired today or I'm physically or mentally drained and can't be bothered to do it today or show up but having the determination and resilience to keep coming in every single day and just do the same skills over and over again or learn new skills it's definitely hard but it's all worth it in the end it just anything is possible if you really put your mind to it and know that yes this is what I want and I'm going to achieve it and it definitely really inspires me and many other gymnasts because we're twins, we're very similar in what we do and seeing she's able to achieve such amazing things, it's like, right, I can do it too. So let's get in the gym, work hard and one day I'll be able to be a world champion too. 100%. And that moment when you found out that you'd won that world championship medal, like you both ran together and you were crying. I mean, when I watched it, I was crying too. What was going through your minds as a pair at that moment? I think for me, obviously, I just wanted to land all my tumbles to my feet and perform with my heart and just um, get from A to B. And 
uh, once I finished, I got the crowd going like, yeah, I did it. And like, they're cheering so loud. The arena was literally, I felt like it was going to explode because everyone was just cheering so loud for me. And I walked off and I gave my coach a hug and we just chatted a few, chatted through a little things. But I literally remember that moment like it was yesterday. I remember sitting on that chair where we call it the kiss and cry moment area. So I just remember sat there, I was taking my tape off it. I think the crowd was like slowly like getting louder and louder, waiting for that score. I just remember I was taking my tape off and you could see in the video, I slowly like glanced to the screen, but I put my, then I put my eyes down because I, I was so nervous to see what the score was. I was like, I want to look, but I, I can't look at it. When that score came up, Jen hugged me and I knew straight away that I achieved it and I was poor champion and just emotions were running wild. We were crying. Everyone was jumping up and down, screaming. My coaches were jumping up and down. My family was there as well. I think they were all quiet. So it was just definitely a moment to remember and I remember like it was yesterday. And like even me being in like the world final is still such an amazing achievement. And yes, I didn't have the difficulty and... I didn't have such amazing routine like Jess did, but it's still an achievement for myself. And like being able to say, yes, I've made a world final is still like fantastic. And I think it was just so magical sharing the floor with Jess and seeing her score come up. I was so happy. Like I even won it as well. Like I think I came seventh, which is still amazing. But having my sister come first, I felt like I won the medal and seeing how hard she works and it all paying off just felt amazing and like she even went up last and that's quite hard because you're seeing mm. everyone do their routine everyone's scores coming up and then your nerves are like rising and it's just like getting down focusing and she just did an amazing job and I can be more proud of her uh so, like I say say to Jed like I'm so proud that we both made the final together so we both got to experience that moment in the floor and had just a moment to remember forever. Yeah. And Jen, you've also achieved so much, like world silver, European silver to your name, like so many incredible achievements. But alongside that, you also got injured recently as well. And like yeah. injuries are a massive part of being a athlete, like a professional athlete. They happen to everyone. When you're in those moments, how have you learned to reset when things are really not going your way? It is really, like, tough, and it can be, like, hard on your mental health, but I definitely have a fantastic support team around me, and we all work together to find a way out, and we're definitely, like, working towards the goal. I'm still not 100%, but I'm still dedicated and getting through that and hopefully next year I'm back and better than ever oh my god you will be we know it you'll be flipping around in that air all the way to um the olympics and you've also both added another amazing thing to your cv recently your joint cvs which are jam-packed you are now yeah. also <laughs> officially nike athletes what's it mean to you to be, woo, indeed. What's it mean for you to be supported by Nike and join that family of like so many incredible female athletes as well? 
for us, we never really thought being a bikey athlete was possible. We just like saw all the other athletes becoming bikey athletes and them achieving it. We thought, wow, that's so cool. So we are literally so grateful for them and we're excited for the journey ahead and uh, we're just so honoured and proud of each other. I think it's the, yeah. like another dream come true as well because when we were younger, it's like, wow, look at all these big athletes work with big companies and all this stuff. And it's just like another like hit of reality. Like, wow, we're like amazing gymnasts, but we're also working with one of the biggest clothing brands in the world. And it's just like amazing. And we're so glad to have this opportunity. And it just makes us feel so proud of each other to know that we are being recognised for what we achieve in. Mm. And it's such a testament to how much you've changed the face of gymnastics in this country and beyond with your achievements and people waking up to that. And Nike is such an empowering brand in so many ways and it empowers female athletes both in performance wear and also in their bodies too. And being an athlete, your body is your tool and you have to maintain a, such a positive relationship with your body don't you? How have you guys maintained a positive relationship with your body image, especially going through so many changes with your body as you're growing up and you're growing into your body as an athlete? Gymnastics is a very hard and demanding sport. You need to be very strong, fit and feel good in your body. And we've gone from a little girl's body to a woman and it's just being able to like accept that and We've had to relearn our skills and our timing and it can be hard, but we definitely got the support system around us to help us through it. But I think nowadays there's um, so many different types of bodies doing gymnastics. You could be tall, but be able to swing the bars really well, or you could be small, which has a lot of power and be able to do big and powerful tumbles. But I think in the code, there's so many skills that just suit other people and how their bodies operate. So. I think the body around gymnastics is now just, it's so wide now and I think as long as you are able to do your gymnastics and lift your body and just do incredible skills, I think as long as you just have good nutrition and a good balanced lifestyle and everything in moderation. It's such an important thing because body image like you have to have a positive relationship with your body when you are an athlete and it's also just talking to yourself kindly as well isn't it yeah and you guys have become such amazing role models like we've been saying before what do you want to really stand for as role models and what kind of world of gymnastics do you want to leave behind for the next generation i think we are becoming the new generation of gymnastics and I think just saying to kids who are getting into gymnastics so it's just to have fun and be adventurous with it like there's so many skills you can learn from gymnastics like resilience hard work and determination and just having fun doing all the cool tricks so I think we're just trying to show a positive thing about gymnastics and have fun out there and not to worry too much I just love competing and training gymnastics yeah, I love that because you learn so many life skills for it. And I think you said that you are the new generation of gymnasts and it's coming at a time of a great overhaul in gymnastics. You know, gymnastics has made the headlines many times over the last couple of years about welfare issues and well-being issues. How do you think 
that has changed in your careers so far? And do you think it's become a really safe space for you to excel now? I think for us, we feel for the athletes that have gone through the tough times, but we can definitely say from our experiences, it's been definitely very positive and everyone's in a good headspace. And we have the opportunity to speak to our coaches and have that amazing communication and relationship, relationship mm. as well. Yeah, so I think it definitely shows the badge of Rassics and we're so grateful for everyone around us and having the incredible team around us. Yeah, and it's so clear that you do have that around you and you're able to be the amazing athletes you are and go out there and perform with those those smiles on your faces. Like You can just tell how much you're just loving it. And now the Paris Olympics are just under a year away. Dun, dun, dun. Drum roll, anticipation is high. What do you both individually need to do to make the Olympics and get those medals? I think the team in the nation has grown so much. Like there is 15 of us in the team and there's, we're all fighting for five places on that Olympic team. So it's definitely going to be really, really hard because there's such incredible gymnasts now and we all have our own different types of skills and routines that we're doing. So it's definitely going to be hard, but we're going to work super, super hard and only time will tell and just... That's our goal and we're going to try to achieve it as much as possible. Absolutely. I love that. And have we got our eyes on a gold medal? Anyone would have their eyes on a gold medal and everyone's going to push for that medal. And it's just being able to work hard, seeing what everyone else is doing, upgrading and just getting down to the execution, the perfection that we need to get that gold medal. And we're just going to take it each step as it comes because we still have a few competitions before getting to the Olympics and Yes, it's only a year away, but we can't rush now. We're just enjoying the journey all the way to the Olympics. Mm. And do you know what? Steady pace wins the race, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you've got to remind yourself of that as you're learning and you're going forward. And yeah. It's been so amazing talking to you both today. You are both so inspiring. You're such incredible role models for everyone. And at the end of every episode, we always end on this one last question, which is in the reign of your lives, what's the one rule you'll always live by? I think for us, it's just showing up every single day. Yes, you can have the tough times and feel like, oh, I can't be bothered to go in today. But as long as you show up, you know, you're, you still have your commitment to it and um, working hard and just, I think for us, literally just showing up every single day because that's that's what you're there for and if you want the goal you will make the commitment to go every single day and like that's the foundation like showing up is the first step to any journey so just do that consistently you know you're gonna get there and reach the end goal you want yeah i love that show up for yourselves and i think you inspire everyone to show up for themselves and thank you so much for joining me today you guys are the best thanks us. Thanks for being here for this episode of Rain. If there are things that resonate with you, I'd love to hear from you. Get me on socials at Josh Smith Host. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow, and share this with someone you think should hear it. Let's get those convos going because that is what this podcast is all about.
Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life, just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.